Hello, good people. This is Shantae Christian, and you are listening to the My Best Shift Podcast. Podcast. In this week's episode, I'll be talking to Christian about healing from daddy issues and all the things that can stem from it, including being a people pleaser. Hi, Christian. How are you doing today? I'm good, sis. How are you? Well, I've been better. <laughs> been better. <laughs> well, we're going to make it do what it do. Um, before we get too into our conversation today, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am a human on this earth just trying to can, right? Um, I like to tell people most recently, just speaking of being authentic, that I'm in recovery from a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> those things being, um, I'm a people pleaser in recovery. I am a perfectionist in recovery. And that simply means that I am doing my best to not allow myself to fall into that trap of doing for others way more than I do for myself. I am someone who wants to get that word out there in the best way that I know how <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is to hopefully live by example but they don't always work so as a human I'm dealing with everything that everybody else does on top of being a proud black woman and a mom and a wife um, a good friend I'm also a business owner and so um, I am proud of this journey also kind of a little scared mm-hmm. I've scared myself in some of the goals <laughs> that I've set for myself um, and proud of the things that I've accomplished and things that people are seeing with Couch with Christian. So she is my brand. She is me. And I offer services and products that I wish were around when I was like in the throes of my people pleasing and, mm. and speaking love and all the things. So I like to try different things. I'm finding what works at my big age of 36 big enough to kind of have, you know, learn some life lessons and then hopefully trying to pull my sisters up through the therapy that I do, the therapeutic coaching that I do. Um, and I used to be the person to compartmentalize things, like really kind of separate these pieces of myself. But in my life experience and in my training, I'm learning I can't separate that. So I'm kind of in this space of discovery. You know, it's been kind of fun. Yeah, I, I resonate with that. And so for anyone that's listening, I will say um, I sound a little different today. I have the flu. And so by the time y'all listen to this, I won't have the flu. But I have the flu right now while we're recording. But I'm on the tail end. So, you know, when the people that say I ain't supposed to be talking running my mouth, I'm on the tail end. Give me some grace. Because um, I'm human. I'm human. And so I resonate with that. I also resonate with the fact of a lot of times I think that people see us in different areas of our lives and assume that we got all our shit together. And the reality of it is we can be as effective as we are in those spaces because we've been where they are and or navigating through some of those challenges in the midst of it. Right. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So tell us a little bit more about Couch with Christian. Yeah. Couch with Christian um, is my business. She is my baby. She is me. Um, I am a licensed therapist here in Columbia, South Carolina. And so I own a private practice. So there is an arm of Couch with Christian that does individual therapeutic services. So I have women that I serve as their licensed therapist. 
Um, I also serve women or people really um, across the state as their supervisor. I actually just got out of a meeting with one of my supervisees to kind of help give back to those who are trying to get full licensure so they learn under me. I specialize in trauma. And so that is how I treat the people that I'm seeing, whether it's mental health coaching or um, as a therapist, Um, just because I just believe whether or not you call it trauma, I still think there are just so many great interventions and tools um, and perspectives that help me help you. And so I'm going to always look through that lens. Um, I believe that as a person who was clinically trained, that I don't need to keep all my stuff a secret. So (laughs) I don't do that. Um, So I also train and like meet with my colleagues, other licensed therapists, relationship to life coaches by hosting and making my own stages. Hello. okay. so um, I do trainings and stuff about various things in mental health and really trying to make sure that it's not the language that I learned in the textbook because anybody understand that? And that doesn't really always apply. And so as I'm doing my speaking at conferences or I'm hosting my own or invited to work with a staff or something like that around mental health and why I'm dating the wrong person or dating the same person over and over again, I can bring in that life experience and my clinical training. So the goal for Couch with Christian is to directly offer services I wish I had when I was really going through my highest levels of anxiety and the rejection and the relationship issues. And dare I say daddy issues. So that's another huge piece of my brand is as the daddy issues therapist who wrote the books on them literally, then I'm trying to help people to reshape their perspective of women with daddy issues. We're women who have experienced emotional trauma and we're trying to take responsibility for the things that have happened to us. I'm not calling you by your trauma. I'm trying to help you pull up yourself um, because some of us use that as a crush and that's the whole thing. Um, But Couch with Christian is overall about giving ourselves grace. I love that you said that earlier. (laughs) Y'all give me grace. I sound like this because I have the flu, but I got work to do. Um, And so a huge part of my brand now, my pivot here in 23 is to help people see that part of overcoming daddy issues or mommy issues or dating the same losers or giving myself the grief that everybody else is giving me is through grace. And so at the end of my books and in my online course that I wrote, um, the grace method lives. And that is what I'm really trying to push now is your grace space and giving women a chance to address different things that they have not given themselves grace about um, mm-hmm. in one whole space. Because I don't know about you and your work, Shantae, like the people that you serve, we're just looking for a space to offload and say the unpopular things. Am I right? I don't know if you're seeing the same things. Yeah. And I feel like, and, well, is anyone else going through this? Right. Or am I the only one or I got to be the only one that's struggling through this? And I'm like, have you talked to your sister friends? Period. <laughs> have you looked around? And I know sometimes, at least for most of the people that I serve, it's it's hard to look around and see you. Mm. And so it's a little more challenging to build a community of people where you can do that check in. And I think that a lot of the clients that I have and that I've had have come to me through various ways. But it's always interesting that they're at this like pivotal point in their career. Mm -hmm. where they're trying to decide, do I go up to the next level? Do I go after that? Or am I shifting my perspective on what it is that I really want? Because society told me that I wanted to do this. My parents said I should do this. But now I'm sitting here and I got it all. And I'm like, "Mm, it's not really bringing me the happiness, the joy and all the things, right? 
and it's interesting that you even talk about from a relationship perspective, mm-hmm. right? Like I have clients that are going through it with their relationships. Like, I don't want to be here no more. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it your partner or is it you? Is it you? That's literally what my course used to be called. I renamed it, but is it me? Yes, yes, it's you. It, it's you. It's you. And that's okay. Right. And that's fine. That is okay. Um, but be clear that the you that you leave this relationship with is going to be the same you that you go into the next relationship with. with and so is that the you that you want to take or not? Nah? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's a lot of conversations about who, right? So a lot of the work that I do is working with, and people don't even realize it. So in, mm-hmm. in theory, as we do, we're, we're doing career transition. Um, I just say it's life though. It's you coaching really, because who you are, I believe who you are in one space is who you are in all spaces. Mm-hmm. It may manifest differently, mm-hmm. but if you got a communication problem at work, you got a communication problem at home. Yep. Now, what it looks like is different, mm-hmm. but it's still an issue and something that we can change. Something that if you want to, right, get down to it, it's who are you and are you being who you say you want to be? Yes. Right. That's something. It's funny that you are bringing that up because I'm actually working with someone and have for like probably two years who has gone through some, not career changes, but definitely job changes in her career. And she also has a side business um, that she's very successful at. And I guess without giving too much information away, I'll just say she's she's doing her thing in this field and she really loves it. She gets to express herself in this way. Um, and in her nine to five, she has kind of reached the top. And she's a boss. Like people look for her because a lot of the women that I work with are professional. They have like degrees, mm-hmm. not to say that you have to have those things to work Christian, but they just have, I just happen to attract women who look like me. Right. So mm-hmm. they are serving in their communities in different ways. And so she has been sought out for certain positions and still didn't see herself the way that they saw her, which I find is interesting. Always. Um, we had a conversation, I think like last week and she was like, um, so I'm, I'm realizing that I don't really need to climb this ladder no more. Like, mm-hmm. and she's also playing this black woman in a white boys game, mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing. And she's been realizing after really, like you said, coaching herself, cause I'm sitting there, I'm facilitating the conversation and doing the things. But as she talked more and heard herself talk about herself more then the pattern that she's finding is that she was really living to prove to some jerk she met in eighth grade mm-hmm. that she's smart enough mm-hmm. from her like English AP class mm-hmm. in like ninth grade or something like that. And so when you realize, when you blink your eyes and you realize it's been 20 some odd years, I have been proven to some stupid eighth grade boy (laughs) that I'm good enough, then sometimes that can be traumatic in itself because you're like, oh my God, I've lived and gotten married and all this stuff as this person I was pretending to be. So a lot of the times when people are coming to me, and this is why grace is so important, it's okay, sis, you've learned this thing about yourself slow down. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you can kind of reinvent yourself. You didn't do anything wrong by making these accomplishments. Cause in her case, she actually does like the job. Um, but some people wake up and they're like, I don't even want to be in this field. And it sucks. 
And even that realizing that can be a lot for some people. So we have to slow down sometimes. And that's what I'm able to do. Like I'm hoping to when when people work with me. Um, the GRACE method is is an acronym. GRACE itself, getting to know your symptoms, rescripting your negative messages, mm. addressing your self-care needs, connecting with people that make sense. Mm. It used to be the C used to be for connecting with uh, healthy people. How many of us know that we don't always know what healthy looks like, especially when we're not? So I'm changing the language on that. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. for enforcing proper boundaries. And we're working through basically that system, grace, um, which literally saved my life because I have been through some things now. <laughs> Listen, and, you know, I think that one of the things that your client is going through is something that so many black women go through. Right. And so I'm not a therapist. I'm just a coach. And I, I make sure that I make that very clear on day one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> I, that it, that's not my, that's not my field. That's not my life. That's not my calling. However, mm-hmm. One of the things that I do have my clients do when we get to spaces of, I don't know why I'm here, is, mm-hmm. well, how'd you get here? Trace it back to when you decided that this was it. I had to do it for me, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had, for me, it was, I'm really good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't mean I want to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Although getting paid for it was real nice. Right. Real, real, real nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd be looking at my bank account like I should go back. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, it brought me no joy. And so I'm like, well, where did I get this idea that I had to work regardless if I liked it or not? Because it brought in good money. Well, what does good money look like? Mm-hmm. Right. So then it was like having to go and unpeel this multi-layered onion. I felt like I was at Outback, like just kept pulling and pulling and pulling. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I saw my parents, my parents' parents, my parents' parents mm-hmm. working, getting paid, mm-hmm. working, getting mm-hmm. paid. But none of them love their jobs. Existing in their roles. That's really it. That's it. And I was like, hmm. It's so much more to life. It's got to be. Because let me tell you something. Please, Lord, it's got to be. <laughs> it is nothing like pulling up. Now, we don't do it like we used to anymore. But like pulling up to your job, taking a deep breath, rolling your eyes before you can even cross the threshold. You even start the day yet, child. That's a lot. <laughs> Not, you know, people be like, oh, Sunday blues. No, it used to be everyday blue. I would mm-hmm. drop the closer I would get, my body would start to tense up. My mind, I'm like, why? I've been doing this for over 15 years. Why am I so, why, what is happening? I hate this place. I don't mm-hmm. hate the place. I hate the action. And I hate that I was the one that was doing it. Mm-hmm. I say that to say that it took me undoing and unlearning the right. fact that just because I'm good at something meant that I had to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm good at a lot of things. However, that thing that was bringing in the money from that perspective wasn't the thing that I loved anymore. Yes. And you say good at a lot of things. Let me add this. I, I was also good at just taking a bunch of crap just because that's what I watched my parents do. 
I'm good at that. I'm good at sacrificing my own needs just so that the people in my life can get what they want or need. Um, And that included my supervisors, just, you know, along the lines of what you were talking about as far as work goes. But I mean, my 12 year old, um, (laughs) I broke my toe, everyone. Okay. My left toe, one of them is broken. And it's been a struggle because it's forcing me to slow down. And so our 12 year old is very loving, caring. He's a sweetheart. And he is forcing mommy to sit down because I'm good at running the household. I'm good at doing the things, being the supportive wife and the mom and the cooking and all this stuff. And it's interesting to see how the house looks when, you know, no shade to my husband. I love him. But when daddy runs it, you know, it's not (laughs) terrible, but you know, like the schedule that I have, and it's interesting how they run past daddy and come to me, which is a whole different talk. But my son was like, uh, you always care for everybody else. Like, when are you just going to sit down and just like put your foot up? Like the doctor says, mommy, because I'm good at walking around on a broken toe. And if you are not catching the metaphor, folks, what is you walking around with that's broken that you're just like, oh, I'll just, it'll heal later. Mm-hmm. And so that you get numb. And a lot of my clients will say, I'm just existing. I'm floating through life. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what it is. Um, I'm launching your grace space right now, which is a community that I want women to come to and just talk through things. And at first I thought it was, we're going to talk about relationships and dating and how to show up and be graceful as a partner. I knew that would be a huge part of it, but that conversation that I had with the focus group I led in the very first your grace space was a lot about, am I strong or am I numb? And that was one of the women brought up as a black woman, especially she's like, you know, we're talking about how we're strong black women and I can go to a job that I hate because it's what my grandma did, because she would look at me crazy if I said, oh, I'm just living my bliss, you know, or I'm resting or taking a mental health day. (laughs) You know, I think as a proud millennial, I'm okay with that. Gen Zers are very good at a mental health day, but grandma, great grandma, they're looking at girl like what? They, of course, worked so that we didn't have to sacrifice our mental health and emotional health. Um, And so your grace space was a really good place for the women to just be like, you know what? I was numb through life. I was overlooked and I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. I floated into the background because I was told I was too dark, wasn't pretty enough. I was pitted against the people that I should have been in community with because society says A, B, and C. And so that part really resonated with me in regards to what is overlooked by other people when you are living your experience and how does that numb you? Mm-hmm. And if you're walking around numb, that's how we wake up and blink our eyes and it's 10, 15 years later and I'm living a life that I never really thought I would have or I'm living a life that my eight-year-old self strove for. Mm-hmm those dreams are outdated. So like you said, to your point, we have to be in a place where we are willing to unlearn those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes healthy or otherwise, those ideals, those narratives, they're comforting. Mm -hmm. Even if it's dysfunctional, they serve some kind of purpose because we're used to it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that sometimes we don't even realize the unconscious purpose that they serve. Right. Because like, I think about, I think about discipline. <laughs> I think Ooh. about, well, like, I, so I was at the cry out conference, shout out to the cry out conference, um, came back sick, but you know, mm-hmm. the devil <laughs> works anyway. 
um, I went to the cryo conference and something that Pastor Keon has said that is is still resonating with me and I may mess it up a little bit. So I'm going to alter it just slightly. However, so my mom was one that believed in not sparing the rod. She can get mad if she won't, but it was the truth. (laughs) Her mom was one that believed in not sparing the rod. Her mom's mom. So my great grandmother Uh was one that believed in not sparing the rod. Her mother believed in not sparing the rod. Her mother learned that though, because of being a slave Uh and understanding what it meant when you weren't quiet, when you weren't obedient, because she learned that Uh from the masters of the house. Right. Uh And so we continue to bring in those same things, sometimes not even realizing the why. Right. Right. It's, oh, they're disrespectful. They're talking when they're not supposed to be talking. Well, wait a minute. Let's take a pause. There was a time when that made sense. Mm -hmm. And now it's a little different. And so how is it serving us in our households and our relationships now? And so when you think about, like I think about, like the different, my different sides of my family. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a whole lot more like, let the kids be. And the other one's like, they need to shut up. Why are they talking? Like, <laughs> go close that door. There's kids in this house. Like, you know, all the things. And I think about the differences of their experiences, right? And to which they, the lenses to which they live their lives, which trickle down to how their children raise children and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I say that to say a lot of times, like you were saying, we pick up things as our own when really when we take a minute, like I take a, I say take a beat. But when we take a beat mm-hmm. and we really pay attention to what's going on and looking around us, we realize maybe just maybe it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I want to own. It's mm-hmm. not something that I actually want to continue to do. And that in itself is shattering. Like to some people, right? It literally shakes the foundation to which they have existed, Mm -hmm. right? Like I have a lot of clients who are recovering people pleasers. Mm -hmm. The thought of not pleasing someone is literally enough to like shut down the session, just shut it down Mm -hmm. because, well, what else would I do? Who am I if I don't please somebody else? What use do I have? What value do I have? Yes. All really real themes. (laughs) Yes. And if the people don't like what I say, Mm -hmm. what will I do? Mm -hmm. And one of my questions is, well, did they ever tell you that's what they wanted? Mm. So often there's this idea of pleasing people that never asks for the pleasure. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And then it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what you do know, you take a beat, right? Let's take a minute and explore it. But it's always interesting because I feel like there's a similar thread between that and recovering perfectionists. Oh, absolutely. Right. There's a, a very similar thread and theme of perception. Mm-hmm unrealistic expectations and life. Yeah. Value self-worth comes back up again too. Mm -hmm. And 
I think when you bring up perfectionism, I'm thinking about um, these two P's, people pleasing and perfectionism, I guess three, right? When I first dropped my book, then uh, daddy issues and the tagline is how to detangle from the sins of our father. So with you talking about these generational things, like that is what my book is about. Um, I categorize different women with daddy issues. And so the daddy's girl is one of the women that have daddy issues and the type quote unquote of women. And <laughs> y'all can't see me, but I just raised my hand. <laughs> you know, I got so much pushback about daddy issues, period. Right. And then also I would have friends and, you know, family that would say, you know, I have a good relationship with my dad. What do you mean I have daddy issues? And that's a whole different show. I can break that down. It's in my books, of course. But one of the things that I've done to kind of boil it down and make it plain are a lot of my daddy issues. Um, the daddy's girls are my perfectionism people and my people pleasers. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes from like a host of different factors. But if you're someone who is taking that beat and wanting to ask yourself, like, where did this come from? Then we have to go back to our parents. We go back to the village who raised us, whoever that may be. And a good question to ask yourself is when is the first time or the worst time I felt this level of the need to please? Just, yeah. you know, for the sake of this conversation, who did yeah. I try to please first? Yeah. for me like you can do a pros and cons list because we get something out of that as kids we want to make our parents proud we want to stay out of trouble we want to try to show them that we're good um and sometimes that is the extent of why some of my clients will say i people please they won't say people please but they'll say why well, i just just don't think about myself it's for everybody else mm -hmm. i want to make somebody proud and that's a good clue for me with my training as a therapist, like thinking about trauma and specifically, I'm thinking, okay, so there was some kind of stop of developmental stages where something happened during this time where your brain said, oh, this is the only way I'm going to be able to live life or make friends. Like what happened around that time? That is, It's always an interesting conversation to navigate through the narratives that we all have that are old, they're outdated. They served a purpose at the time, like you mentioned, but they don't now as an adult. So like I do parts work too. It's uh, called inter um, integrated family systems where you're thinking about the different parts that make up ourselves. So you hear people say naturally, that's part of me that want to do this. I want to go turn up, but then I also want to be settled down with a family. Like we're battling with ourselves, the mm -hmm. different roles that these different parts have, right? So that is a real yeah. thing where the anxiety comes from trying to satisfy both parts of ourselves. We want to be, do this and we want to do that. And they may conflict because of some narrative that we were told in society. Um, it's always really interesting to just pull apart. How, how old was that person? Like my eight-year-old self is the people pleaser that just took that and ran until I was 45. <laughs> But yeah. I've learned new things, made friends, saw people and they're doing stuff different. And I was like, like you said, the awareness, like, oh, crap, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> Where does this come from? It's always very interesting, very real conversation. And we have to give ourselves grace during that because it doesn't feel pretty all the time. I think that that so many pieces of what you said and right, mm -hmm. this work does not feel good. no. <laughs> like I'll never forget when I first started doing the work and one of my mentors would say you know you're doing you, you got to keep doing the work and I was like but when is the work done 
And she said, baby, you are the work. The work is done when you die. And I said, oh, well, hell. <laughs> when you die, yes, it's a lot. My own therapist, I see I'm on the bi-weekly pairing right now because I'm just going through with this pivot in my business and just some personal things. So I, and I also have a business coach. I have mentors. So like there's a place for all of us, right? Coaches, mentors, all the things because First of all, what I want people to know is that you've got to get your healing the way that makes sense for you. Maybe therapy is not for you, which is why coaches and life uh, life coaches and relationship coaches exist. They have a very specific training, too. And I appreciate the ones who appreciate training of like a therapist or something and know when to refer. But maybe your healing is I'm going to listen to this affirmation mixtape. You know, maybe I'm going to change who I follow on Instagram. Because I'm being triggered by all the things on baller alert. You know, say I don't so. know. Say so. Say so. Lord. Lord, say it. Yeah. So what is that going to look like for you? How are you going to change those narratives? And I think one of the things I've learned and given myself permission to do is to think outside the box when it comes to my healing and to not run away from the people that will tell me the truth. Because yeah. my therapist, Lady O, shout out to her. She is, she don't pull no punches. Sis. She don't. And I love it. Let me tell you something. So I've, I'm an only child mm-hmm. and I, I've never wanted a sibling ever, mm-hmm. I'm ever. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I have in the last, I'd say five years, in the last five years, something that I have truly appreciated more, mm-hmm. right? Kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, was the community of women that I have built around me. Mm. Because they were not just doing their thing, but they were honest about their process. They have been honest about what it looks like for them to heal. They've been honest about um, things that have worked for them and things that haven't worked for them. And so in creating a space of vulnerability that I would have never expected from women at their levels and at their statures, right? And so it reminds me constantly that we're human. We're all human. We all have our vices. We all got our things. Um, And like you were saying about like the daddy issues, I am a self and other people proclaim daddy's girl. It It ain't no secret behind it. That's my number one dude. And... It was mm-hmm. two years ago, but I was like, you're the reason why all these problems in my relationships. Oh. <laughs> I was doing some work and I was like, okay, why do I keep dating dudes that are emotionally unavailable? Sometimes yeah. physically, like they would be here, they would leave, they'd be here, they leave, they'd be here, they leave. And I'd be like, okay, I'm right here, I'm right here. What is this? Mm-hmm. And so we, we did some work on that one. And I was like, this joker you're the reason why you know and my dad was in the army um Mm -hmm. active duty and in the army during a time where they were getting sent off to any and everywhere to go fight any and every war and that was his job and you were used to that in and out I was used to it and I saw it from knee high to a duck's butt until Mm -hmm. I graduated college Mm -hmm. I had gotten used to it and it was familiar and it was comfortable Mm-hmm. until it wasn't until it wasn't right like one of my friends and I joke all the time everything's funny until it's not mm-hmm. like 
all of a sudden it's like the one keep playing right but okay all right all right you know and then it was just like no could it be like and I can remember the day right like and it was just like that snapshot of age and time frame mm-hmm. like 35 60 years later I'm still this got to go I got yeah. how we how we get rid of this mm-hmm. how we get rid of this you know but I also learned from my mother. Mm-hmm. I got mommy issues too. Because she played her part too, right? Because that's what they were doing. They they had a collective unit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to bash them or anything like that. But what it did for me once I realized my why was I was able to make a conscious choice. And that's one of the things that I talk about. Like, so when I talk about the triple A's, I'm always missing the part that is really important, which is yeah. the choice because it don't fit into my little triple A. <laughs> but, but it's choice. And when we start making conscious choices, yeah. they hit different. They do. They hit different. And I tell people all the time that awareness is like a spotlight. Mm-hmm. More like a searchlight. Like that joke would be like, oh, you turn me on. Mm-hmm. Hey, what you gonna do? Well, let's roll. Sometimes, right, to something that you said earlier, sometimes we have to remember that we are a work in progress and take a beat because we can't heal it all at once. I feel like when people get awareness, they're like, oh, I gotta do something with it. Yes, and. Right. <laughs> Slowly. At a pace of grace, if I must say. Okay. Because. The wild thing about progress, right, is that it's not linear. Period. Say that. Like That's it really think it's not a, it's not. Mm-hmm. It is not. Like I think about this whole flu situation. Mm-hmm. I haven't had the flu since college. Mm. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not I'm good. I'm good. I'm just I've been, I've been praising. I've been I've been socializing. I'm good. Yeah. No one else in the clique is sick. I'm good. I literally sat on the plane to come back home and was like, yo, you're not good. <laughs> when you sat down, when you when I sat down, I'm catching what you're putting down now. I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the next day was the worst day. Mm. Like I was like, what? Oh, it's because I've been doing too much. So I was like, my my level of do much is, is on a high level of ridiculous. Like, and I'm fully aware. <laughs> and I'm fully aware where that comes up to. But I just, I was like, couldn't get out the bed. Mm-hmm. Like literally couldn't open my computer to tell my clients I can't come. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just gonna roll over. Then the next day I was like, all right, I'm good. I feel better. <clears throat> me, me, me. Where my, where my, my voice at? Mm-hmm. I go to the doctor. I was like, I took a COVID test. I'm fine. They were like, you, ma'am, this is not fine. Yeah. I was like, no, seriously, I'm better. I'm better. I got home. I was like, yo, you're not fine. Mm-hmm. And every morning people were like, hey, how you feeling? Like, I got the flu. Like, mm. like, that's how I feel. Right. And so I say that to say, and then today I woke up and I was like, look, God, I got some things that got to get done. <laughs> Do they according to whose plan? That's what I'm trying to learn myself. Well, we had a deal. <laughs> and sometimes y'all, y'all got to make a deal mm-hmm. with God. I don't know who else y'all make y'all deals with. But my deal was with God. I was like, listen, I haven't talked all week. 
Mm-hmm. You know this is how I get paid and this is how I thrive. <laughs> Just asking for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'll shut up until Tuesday. <laughs> Please, Jesus. And when I woke up, I had what y'all hear. And I said, okay. I say that to say, though, healing takes time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it looks like you're going backwards in order to go forward. Mm-hmm. And so often, and I, I can't speak for your clientele, but I know for mine, mm-hmm. so often that moment where they feel as though they've gone backwards is an uproar in their system. Yes, it's withdrawal sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because they'll need like... um I used to work with um, people in recovery from substance use disorders, like alcohol and drugs, real exclusively. And that's what that can look like. Like, I'm aware that I have a problem, quote unquote. And now my body is like, where is my crack? Where is my alcohol? This is crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the uproar you're talking about. It could be withdrawal, whether it's healthy or not, y'all. We function a certain way. And when we've been doing that for years and we don't have that thing, Everything's out of whack. Listen. But we got to be ready for that. Listen, one of my dearest friends who, um, I can't even remember what season Adam was on, but he talked about um, how as an addict, he was, or when he was, Mm -hmm. he was trying to fill holes, but he was creating more holes instead of trying to fill them. And I told him afterwards that that was beyond relatable for me Mm. because while I don't have a substance abuse, unless you consider Mountain Dew a substance (laughs) abuse, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm questionable about what's in that. But I used to have a bad addiction to shopping Mm. Mm -hmm. just to shop. I don't even need a shit. Like, why am I doing this? And <laughs> right. it wasn't making me feel good. Mm-hmm. And again, I had to trace it back to why was I doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, every Saturday that we would be close to home, my mom and my great grandmother would go shopping. Mm-hmm. That was my great grandmother's jam. Like, she, let's go to Delaware. Let's go here. Let's go. Why are we at the thrift store? What are we getting, ma'am? Anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I'm just buying shit to buy it. Like, this is silly. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stop mm-hmm. until I had to, right? And I say that to say, like, the process of uncovering things about ourselves is important to understand how we operate, but it's also important to understand how we exist. Mm-hmm. Right? And understanding that that was a thing for me like a huge thing for me, allow me to go back into my closet and be like, oh, that's why all this junk in here still got tags on it. I say mm-hmm. junk, but it ain't really junk, but like right. all the stuff still has tags in it. Mm-hmm. And I ain't never, don't intend on ever wearing it. It is what it is. And you know, a lot of what that sounds like is um, control because we do have control issues from one. I'm also, in, if I may say, in recovery from being a control freak. Yes. <laughs> I, it's hard. Every time I get called out on, I'm like, you think that's control? Yeah, right. Go. <laughs> like, I'm hoping that people will, after hearing this, just 
consider expanding your perspective on things. You may yeah. not call it people pleasing because you just never have. But what if it, what if it is people pleasing? Mm-hmm. What if I am a control freak? What if let's just go down the rabbit hole and see what this may look like? Um, because that's going to be your first step into this very sometimes windy road. Yeah, it's, it's, it can be a cycle. It's never a straight line, but there's a winding road to somewhere because I'm a whole licensed therapist and nationally board certified trauma trained. I got good training. I'm good at what I do. And like I said, I'm human. <laughs> OK, so I'll be in my sessions with my own therapist and I'm like, damn, I I learned it. I studied this. And yet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to be open to that kind of feedback. I have to relinquish control. Yeah. And my husband would tell me all the time, like, you just need to chill out. Mm-hmm. Like, why does this even matter? Why am I working myself up? It's hard for me to sit still sometimes. It's a lot of what my clients also deal with. It shows up in your relationships and shows up in the way you're dating, who you're choosing, who you're allowing to choose you and the voice that you're not using in your relationships. And so that slowing down piece, be ready for that withdrawal, a.k.a. that freak out that your body is going to have when you make a resolution to put yourself first. As healthy as that sounds to some people, it freaks us out because you're like, what am I supposed to do? What would people say about me if I don't? Yeah. Am I going to be selfish? So many layers here. So many. So two things. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's important for people to also hear that what comes from control is based is fear. And Mm -hmm. so when you're thinking about the things that you are attempting to control, what is it that you're most afraid of? Mm -hmm. Right. Because that that's underneath it wholeheartedly. And as a human, we're all afraid of something. Yep. We're trying to stay safe from something. It's a protective mechanism. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it's important to be clear about what our intentions are as we're moving forward, even as healing. Right. So even when you're talking about, you know, I want to heal from. Okay, so what does that look like for you? Because it might not look like a biweekly session with your therapist, with your coach. It may look like, look, I just need this on a monthly basis because it's too much. Right. But being able to self-regulate is so important. Mm-hmm. So, so important. And because the medicine got my mind messed up, I can't remember my other point. So <laughs> here we are. It's supposed to happen this way. We just it's, go. Supposed, it's supposed to be like this. So as we wrap up, what would you like to leave the people with? Oh, man, I've been thinking about that since you asked me. And I still don't really have an answer that I thought would be beautiful and eloquent. Except let me just leave y'all with this. Let me think. Um. As someone who is still working on her marriage, still showing up differently and in a relationship, we would say is a terminal thing, right? Because everybody wants to be married, whatever. Um, I have the kids. I have good friends. My circle is tight. Even when I think I'm quote unquote done with stuff, then I still find myself trying to fix things from my past. Things like I'm not going to let my friend or my husband or my kids talk this way, which, you know, is healthy to a degree. But if I continue to live in the past and say I'm doing this because out of spite Mm -hmm. or because I'm trying to fix things, I'm going to stay stuck back there. Yeah. A lot of what we do when we are replaying these same narratives, these same unhealthy relationship patterns, the same way I communicate with people in general is because you're stuck somewhere. And I'm inviting you and challenging you 
to consider what am I trying to resolve that really has no place in your present. So I want to leave people with this mindfulness piece where, you know, it's a huge buzzword now. Mindfulness simply means being present. If you cannot be present, if you can't stay where you are, you got to figure out the barriers because we want to experience what's going on in your life now. Taking responsibility now so we can move forward. And that looks like actually saying, now what do I need? Eight-year-old Christian, who I call Ray Ray, she responds one way. How can I bring myself to the present and think about what I need now? Which is what I think is so hard for us to think about and consider because we haven't been allowed to. So I want to challenge you to stay mindful. What are you grateful for now? What do you want to do now? What do you need now? Because that piece is not selfish. It's really just, I want to stay in the present and recreate a healthy experience today instead of replaying the negative and traumatic experiences from before. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you for joining me on my podcast and tell the people where they can find you. Yes, you can find me most active interacting with y'all on the gram, Instagram at couch, C-O-U-C-H with W-I-T-H Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N at Couch with Christian on TikTok as well. And you can find my website, couchwithchristian.com. Thank you for joining me. And that should be easy enough. My last name is Christian. Y'all know how to find her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for having me. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the My Best Shift podcast. I enjoy talking with Christian about healing ourselves from all of our issues, especially daddy issues. For more information, or if you'd like to reach out to us, please visit at mybestshift underscore LLC on Instagram. Remember, stop doing shit that doesn't serve you. See you later.